What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Figures of Sport podcast. You're here with Brandon and Satchel. And uh, we have got a lot of madness to talk about. It is March Madness, baby, and um, it has been exciting. So we haven't been on for the last uh, few weeks, um, but that's because we've been trying to catch up ourselves. There's been a lot of sports going on. Uh, since our last episode, NFL had just ended. We also are going to be having an NFL uh, update episode coming soon. So keep your eyes out uh, for that one as well. But, you know, the Super Bowl ended. Uh, baseball spring training started back up. The NBA uh, had their all-star game. Things started to pick up. And college basketball started to uh, really, really pick up with, you know, the conference championships. And uh, now March Madness is in full effect. So, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and since we're on the topic of March Madness, we're going to start there. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so right now, uh, today or yesterday was the first day of uh, the second round, and the day started off with a bang. Uh, Loyola Chicago upset number one seed Illinois uh, 71 to 58. Uh, that was, I mean – if my bracket already wasn't busted from the upsets in the first round, um, it, it definitely was there after seeing Illinois get knocked out. Yeah. Um, I had Illinois going all the way. You know, I thought, I thought that this year uh, was their year and, and the program had, I mean, they, they had made a lot of noise, you know, uh, IO was, was a player who kind of took the nation by storm this year. Um, I believe he's in a finalist for the wooden award, uh, you know, first team All American. Illinois had had a lot of uh, potential to win the championship this year, but um, you know, as we move in to now the uh, the Sweet Sixteen and uh, the the final few games of round two uh, or the round of thirty two, you know, what has been your biggest takeaway so far? Well, I mean, so far throughout the tournament, I feel like we've really seen a lot of upsets. Uh, honestly, I've, I kind of feel like. You know, like I kind of feel like you know the the lower seed is like the favorite to win the game based on like things that we've seen. I mean, I almost feel like you know, like yesterday with Oral Roberts beating Florida and uh, Oregon State beating Oklahoma State, um, and just I mean, even like Oregon today beating Iowa, just stuff like that. I think it's really starting to uh, starting to get fun, you know, because like these teams like. Illinois, like that's a team I also had them going all the way. Like that's they were the second most picked team to win the tournament uh, on the ESPN tournament challenge. Yeah, I believe or they were either second or third. I, I believe Gonzaga, yeah, uh, or Baylor was number one uh, or number one and two. But I mean, still Illinois. I mean, that was I think so far out of this bracket uh, that has probably been the biggest upset. I felt mm-hmm. like you know the potential that Illinois had. Uh, a lot of people had them going all the way. You know, yeah. like you were saying. So um, now the highest seeds left are the 14 seed Abilene Christian, uh, who took down number three Texas in the first round. Uh, we also have number 11 Syracuse, who knocked out uh, San Diego State and West Virginia. Um, we got Oregon State, who beat Tennessee and Oklahoma State. Uh, Loyola Chicago, Oral Roberts, who obviously, you know, took down Ohio State. Uh, in that really close game, and then took down Florida in that close game. You know, we also go back and we look at uh, North Texas beating Purdue in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a huge upset. That was one of the first upsets, I believe, of the day, too, um, during that first round. So that was, I mean, that was a hell of a matchup there as well. Um, you know, we still got number 13, Ohio. We also have, uh, 
you know, you know, those are those are actually our, our highest seeds available. So we have a 14, a 15, uh, 11, 13, I believe, and a 12. Yeah. So uh, it's the second time ever 15th seed's been uh, in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Florida, Georgia, Florida, Florida FGCU, Florida, Georgia. No, Florida, Florida, Gulf, Florida, Coast. Florida, Gulf, Florida Coast. Gulf Coast. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, that was like a 2013. Remember that that run was pretty. That run yeah. was pretty crazy too. But but no, Oral Roberts actually looks really good. Uh, Ohio State. I think Ohio State was was the best second seed in my opinion. I think that they were like the best two seed. Um, and they Oral Roberts really they were with them the whole game, and they just didn't they just didn't allow Ohio State to get back into it. Ohio State's uh, their star their star player missed the wide open three at the top of the key that really should have like fell and that kind of said a lot about his day and like the you know the day that a lot of those Ohio State guys had but yeah or Roberts they look good they got the highest highest scoring player in the country and honestly I as crazy as it sounds I think they can beat Arkansas yeah I really I mean I, I really it's, do it's totally possible I and mean everything from here on out every, it's late like see, see don't look at seeds anymore you just gotta look at yeah know, I, I just teams. think you kind of gotta ride the wave if you're Oral Roberts I mean they are you know, they've, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I saw a stat, I think it was on ESPN, that they had won eight of their last nine games. Yeah. Uh, or something along that line, something along that stat line. And, uh, yeah, you know, they're hot. They, they beat, you know, as you said, Ohio State could have quite well been the best number two seed in this tournament this year. And they beat them and then went on and beat Florida uh, as underdogs again. So I think Arkansas, especially after having that tough game against Texas Tech, I think. I genuinely think Oral Roberts has a chance of, you know, making it to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Um, now, out of all of the remaining seeds, uh, who do you have going to the Final Four? All right. Uh, let's see here. We're going to um, skip the Elite Eight, obviously. Yeah. But let's see who you got in the Final Four. All right. Well, I really think Zag is going to be there. Uh, if you look at that, they, they play the winner of Creighton and Ohio. Ohio's a – 13 seed, Creighton's a five seed. Creighton should have lost that first round matchup to uh, UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara, they should have lost. UC Santa Barbara kind of blew a layup, uh, you know, at the end of the game. But um, Creighton was kind of struggling coming into the tournament, and they made it in, and you know, they survived that first round game. And so we'll see what they can do against Ohio, who's coming off a bit even bigger, even bigger upset with uh, when they beat Virginia in the first round. But Gonzaga should shouldn't have an issue with either of those two teams. So I see them going. Uh, into the Elite Eight, and then ultimately beating, I think Oregon's going to upset the winner, USC Kansas. So I think uh, Gonzaga will end up beating Oregon in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four. Um, and then it's hard to look past Baylor, you know, another top one seed. Baylor yeah, matches versus a, Villanova is going to be a tough yeah, one, though. Villanova has has uh, they've been there before. Yeah, you know, so they have a. I mean, that program itself just has a lot of experience. Um, yeah. In in not only you know, the tournament, but being in, in, you know, a situation like the sweet 16 or the final four or something along that, uh, those lines. So, um, that one is probably going to be one of my favorite matchups to watch in that sweet 16, that Baylor and Nova game. That'll be sweet. Yeah, no doubt. But then, I mean, if Baylor wins that they'll probably, you know, probably play Arkansas, you know, like what I'm saying right now, these is, this is, these are all just complete guesses. Like my bracket, is there's just red lines everywhere. On it. Like it's, it, it's not looking too high right now. After ever since Ohio State got upset, yeah, by I, Robert. So I, I mean, think, I don't think anybody's bracket's looking good right now. Yeah, I think after after the first round, I had picked 
56 of 64 teams correctly. Yeah. So I had already eight teams down. Uh, and then the second round happened, and, and that one kind of just completed it, uh, you know. And as soon as my, you know, my champion went out, then, you know, I knew it was completely over. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah but, but Gonzaga, Baylor are my first two. And then this Midwest region is completely wide open. I really do think Syracuse is going to upset Houston. Uh, Syracuse is on a roll. They're on a roll. They got Buddy Beheim. Buddy Beheim, yeah, he's a sniper. They got they got a couple white guys that are really good shooters. Uh, actually, their whole starting five is good shooters. Um, and they can got, they got guys that can work down low, and you know they got a great coaching staff. They run that they run that two three zone that really you know West Virginia had lots of trouble with that to open up the game, and that kind of set. I kind of set them apart, and they weren't able to make that final push and come back and win that. But I really do like Syracuse over Houston. Uh, Houston should have lost to, the, to Rutgers. Um, yeah, the Rutgers kind of they blew that game away. Yeah, they they were up. Uh, I believe it was uh, fifty eight to forty nine. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was fifty eight to forty nine, and it was a fourteen to two run for Houston to end the game. I believe in like the last five minutes or something like that. Yeah. And, I mean, Rutgers had their chance. I mean, they could have put the game away multiple times. Uh, they failed to – I mean, they were missing free throws. Uh, they were missing, like, open shots. I mean, it, it – Rutgers had their chance, um, you know, to, to be that next big upset um, and kind of keep their momentum rolling. But uh, I think Houston, after that game, Syracuse is going to really put the pressure on them, and uh, they're going to they're gonna continue rolling. So, um yeah, but I think Loyola. Loyola. Yeah. I mean, if if Syracuse beats Houston, Loyola is the highest seed in that in that region. Yeah. Um. But I mean, Loyola, Oregon State. Talk about a good game. Like those are two teams that are not supposed to be in the position that they are, especially Oregon State, uh, who came Playing, came out of nowhere and won the Pac-12. Like that. Yeah, was they were. I I think at one point they were favored to like finish the conference at the, all the way at the bottom of the conference. Uh-huh. Uh, they ended up winning the Pac-12, and then they have a statement win in the first round against Tennessee, beating them by 14, then beating Oklahoma State uh, by 10. I mean, and then not to mention the defense they were playing, at least especially in the first half on Cade Cunningham. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was limited to two for eight shooting mm-hmm. um, with only eight points in the first half. So, I mean – their defense was playing well, but Loyola Chicago's defense was playing, um, I mean, out of their minds mm-hmm. uh, on on Sunday. That the way they stopped every ball screen, uh, you know, dribble drive, it felt like someone was always there clogging up the lane. Uh, Loyola Chicago is going to be a, a team that you're going to have to play at their pace. Uh, you're they're going to they're going to be the ones dictating how the game is going and. Uh, Oregon State is a team that's somewhat similar to that. So I think that that, um, honestly, in that Sweet 16, that might be one of my favorite matchups. Yeah. Um, you know, I know I said the Baylor-Nova game is going to be a great one to watch, but I I think if you want to watch uh, two really competitive, scrappy uh, teams that are going to just play their hearts out because they know they shouldn't be in this position, uh, beating the teams that they did, uh, that's going to be probably the game to watch, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, this weekend. So, yeah. um, but I, th- I think Loyola. I think Loyola I think Loyola will come out of that and head to the Final Four as yep. well. Uh, and then in that last, and uh, then, that last region, the last one. So I originally picked Alabama to be to win that uh, region. I picked Michigan to get upset by Colorado in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I'm, but I'm really high on Colorado right now. I think. 
you know, they showed they they showed they showed what they could do against Georgetown in that night in that five twelve matchup. They totally Extremely busted, dominant. totally busted Georgetown. Um, so yeah, they got they got the oldest they got the oldest roster like most they got, you know the most upperclassmen uh, in the tournament. They got the uh, second highest free throw percentage uh, in the tournament, and the team with the first highest is Will Roberts, and they're in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Um, so that flew. I, I mean, after watching these tournament games. Free throw shooting is important. Like if you've got guys that are missing free throws, like they're not going to win. It doesn't matter if they're losing if they're losing down the stretch trying to get back into it, or if they're winning and you know end up choking it. But you have to you have to be able to you know hit those free throws because that one and one you know that's a total waste of possession if you miss that first one. So yeah, and and like you know going to that, I mean we've seen that teams. I mean with a minute and a half left, two minutes left, teams start fouling. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's they they're not in the double bonus yet, and they have that one on one opportunity. And there's a lot of teams that are kind of giving away their leads, or uh, you know, kind of allowing teams to come back, um, you know, because of poor free throw shooting. And yeah. I think that, as you said, you know, that's going to be something that is huge going on in the rest of this tournament. I think uh, that one and one, there's a there is just a different level of importance on it right now. Uh, turning those you know, those opportunities into two free points is, is, is really critical right now during uh, this stage of the tournament. And mm-hmm. it, it's really going to be what kind of decides what teams move on and what teams go home. You know, I think so. Uh, I mean, regardless, it's going to be a, a really, really fun, fun tournament. Yeah, to it, keep will. Watching. it will. Yeah. So it'll be fun to watch. I'm excited. Now, right now we have the Abilene Christian game um, on against UCLA. So what are you thinking about that game? Who moves on today? Um, so for that one, I don't really remember watching the Abilene Christian game because it was that it was a late game on Saturday night. So I don't really remember watching that as closely as I have other games. But uh, I did watch that. Uh, I've watched both the UCLA games so far. They've already played two, uh, beating Michigan State in that first four matchup, and then uh, beating BYU handily. Like they kind of had that game the whole way through. Yeah. Um, so my gut tells me to go with UCLA, but on the other hand, Abilene Christian's coming off a big win against Texas. Um, te- a lot of people were high on Texas to start this tournament. Yeah, you know, Shaka Smart is their head coach, and we all know what he's capable of in, in March. But yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I I'd probably ultimately go UCLA, but anything can happen. So yeah, I uh, I, I think it's tough. I mean, we're watching the game right now. It just started, so it's still zero zero, but. Um, you know, I think I, I think Abilene Christian can really ride the wave right now. I, mm-hmm. I mean, UCLA has been they're they're kind of rolling a little bit more just because they had that momentum starting in that first four game uh, against MSU, and then you know beating a team like MSU, uh, and then beating BYU. Yeah, I, I think I think UCLA is hot, but I think Abilene Christian might be able to ride the wave uh, just because of the the way they upset them. Yeah, I mean it was it was a, it was a game that Texas should have won. I mean it was fifty three fifty two. So. Uh, it was definitely a game that that was close. I think Abilene Christian keeps riding, uh, and I think that they play Alabama in the Sweet 16. Um, as for my Final Four, I'm gonna go with uh, I think Juwan Howard and and the guys from Michigan have been playing great, um, and the Big Ten has been, uh, I mean, one of if not the best conference in basketball. Uh, this season, you know, yeah. with with the teams but that they have, but they haven't had a good tournament. Exactly, you know. But I think that at this point, uh, I think you know the leadership of a guy like Juwan Howard, 
uh, I think him being their head coach, him having been there before as a player, I think he'll be able to lead his guys. Um, but I also don't want to count out Alabama, so it's really tough. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say that Michigan heads to the Final Four from that region. Uh, Loyola Chicago um, in their region. I'm going to say Baylor and we're going to go Gonzaga. Yep. Um, but also none of this can happen. There's yeah. a chance that absolutely none of those picks are correct. Uh, it's March Madness, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it uh, one of the most exciting sporting events all year. And, uh, you know, we're glad. We're, we're definitely going to be covering this. Um, as soon as the matchups are set uh, in the next few days, we'll probably get another preview episode up too uh, just to talk about those matchups because, uh, like we said, everything we said today may not happen, and, and mm-hmm. that's just in, uh, in all the fun of it. So, um, But staying on the topic of basketball – we have some NBA to talk about. Uh, since the last time we we did an episode, we have seen the NBA have their all-star game. Um, and we saw a very, very dominant win by Team LeBron. So what were your thoughts on that all-star game? Uh, did you enjoy watching it? Uh, was it fun to see some of those those guys team up? Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, the all-star game, they kind of stuck to the same format as they had in uh, previous years. Um, which I kind of like. I remember in 2019, or no, it was 2020, right before the shutdown, they had their all-star game. Um, and I just remember that game being super competitive, especially towards the end. I really like how they, uh, you know, they uh, introduce like those charities that both teams pick. Because um, then, you know, then it kind of gives, it's it's obviously beneficial. It kind of gives the guys to play for something, you know, because they want to be able to donate to their own charity. Um, so yeah, I kind of like the way it's set up and everything like that, but, uh, I really enjoyed watching the, uh, three point contest and the skills competition. I like those two a lot. Um, the dunk contest though, this year was kind of, was a little weak. If like, if you want to compare it to like previous years, I think but it's being, whatever. I, I mean, think, I think you're being nice. Yeah, it was, it weak. Was, it was weak. I mean, it was probably the worst dunk contest in the last five years. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, it just... The people, I mean, I get it. It's tough uh, getting these these guys to do a dunk contest, yeah. especially uh, in the span of a halftime show. But I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. it, it just it lacked energy. It lacked real effort. I feel like a lot of the guys, um, there was real like there was no time for real creativity either. Yeah, I feel like you know. So the dunk contest, I personally would have been okay without it this year. Um, I just hope that next year it bounces back. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll see. But I, I thought I thought the All Star game was fun. Yeah, it was you know, fun. It was it, fun. It, the it three point is. contest was definitely fun. I liked how everything was in one night too. Yeah, it was like a lot easier. It made it a lot easier, but you got to also remember once things are back to normal, the NBA is not going to uh, probably keep that format just because yeah. you know the amount of money you can make over a weekend compared to one day is exactly. is is going to be way more. So that's that's an obvious one, but. Um, you know, moving on, we're going to talk about the latest power rankings. Um, we try to keep up with them. If you guys don't follow our Instagram page, uh, go ahead and go follow that uh, at Figs of Sport Podcast. And uh, we try to post them every week as soon as, uh, you know, they come out uh, just to keep you guys informed. But we're going to, we haven't posted one yet for this week, but we're going to talk about it in today's episode. So number one on the power rankings for this week is going to be the Nets at 29 and 14. Uh, number two is going to be the Bucks at 27 and 14. 
the 76ers at 30 and 13, the Suns at 28 and 13, number five, the Jazz at 30 and 11, uh, number six, the Lakers at 28 and 15, and we'll talk about the Lakers in a bit, mm-hmm. uh, the Clippers, number seven, at 27 and 16, uh, the Mavericks, number eight, 22 and 19. Uh, number nine is going to be the Nuggets at 25 and 17. And number 10 is the Trailblazers at 25 and 17. Yeah. Um, which teams do you think belong in this top 10 that aren't already there? Which teams do belong in this top 10? Um, well, obviously, I like those three picks. Uh, those are the top Those are the top guys in the East with the uh, Nets, Bucks, and Sixers. Um, I mean, obviously, like the Nets are just on fire right now. And the scary thing about that team is that literally two of those guys can get hurt and they still have a playoff team. Like if you take out two of their top three, um, you know, if you just take them off their team, like they're still going to be good enough to make the playoffs. Obviously at a lower seed, but that's just what's scary about the Nets. And that's why I think. And speaking of the Nets, Kyrie Irving is, I believe, going to miss the next three games due to a family matter. But they won't lose even with without Kyrie and without KD. Like Harden, Harden's having an insane year. He's. you know, he's top MVP candidate. Yeah, I was just about to say, do you, do you think he is a, a top MVP candidate right now? I think he deserves to be. I don't think he'll win it, but I, I, th- I, I think he deserves to be. You know, I, I personally, I think James Harden is the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. I mean, the guy is, I mean, almost averaging a triple-double every night he's out on the court, mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost. I mean, for him to be able to do that, I mean, yeah, he does have a, a great team surrounding him. Um that allows him these opportunities. But I mean, it's not easy uh, to go out there and grab, you know, 10 rebounds and 11 assists a game and put up 20 points uh, mm-hmm. a night. You know, James Harden is doing that um, with Kyrie Irving and without Kyrie Irving. He's doing that without Kevin Durant as well. He was doing that with and without Kevin Durant. So um, personally, I mean, I thought the Brooklyn Nets had a lot of potential to win a championship without James Harden. Uh, but seeing how this team is set right now, uh, the importance of James Harden, I think the Brooklyn Nets don't win a championship without James Harden. Yeah. Um, I think he is what makes them go right now. And and it's been over a month since we've seen them with Kevin Durant. So it's a bit difficult to see uh, kind of how he's going to continue to mesh in with, with uh, Kyrie and Harden. But in, in the limited time there that we saw with them three on the court, I mean, it was it was it was their offense. No one's going to score more than the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. It's just about keeping uh, their other, the other teams uh, to a certain number defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there was at one point a record for the Brooklyn Nets saying um, if they kept their opponents to under 111 points or under 110 points, something like that, uh, that they were undefeated. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as long as they, as long as their defense kind of can keep them in games, I think the Brooklyn Nets have a great chance of winning an NBA championship this year. And I think James Harden should be at the top of the MVP boards. Um, And if not number one, top three. Um, With LeBron James missing extended time, um, which is why I feel like the Lakers are going to continue to fall on this power rankings uh, list uh, for the next few weeks. Um, His chances are going to to start to fall a bit. and, And I think, with the play of you know of Harden, he's only going to continue to rise um, over Jokic and, and and Embiid, especially with Embiid missing time still. So yeah. Um, but now the Bucks are a team where I feel that they just acquired PJ Tucker. Um, 
So that is going to help them out, being yeah. a guy that can you know go out there and hustle and shoot the ball. Um, he's going to make them better. But how good are the Bucs? Um, I think the Bucs are really good. Uh, you know, obviously they have Giannis, two, reigning MVP two times over. Um, plus with the addition of uh, P.J. Tucker from the Rockets, and Drew Holiday in the offseason before the season started. I think that, I think that this is the best Bucks team that we've seen since Giannis has been there. Um, <clears throat> it's just unfortunate for them that the Nets are the best team in the NBA uh, and that ultimately the, the Bucks won't be able to beat the Nets. Um, even even with even with PJ Tucker and Drew Holiday, those two those two guys that they added. Uh, their bench isn't as deep as it has been in years past. Um, but I honestly still don't think like even the bench isn't that big of a, it's not that big of a deal. It's just, they can't, they won't be able to defend, um, the Nets weapons and neither, nobody will in the whole. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think anyone can at this point. Um, if Kyrie is Kyrie Harden's Harden and Durant is Durant. I don't think there's anyone that can stop that trio. Um, especially when you have guys like Blake Griffin coming off the bench, um, yep. Joe Harris being the sniper. He is waiting on the wing for, for a pass. I think the Nets – I think this could be the Nets year, uh, especially with the Lakers being hit with the injury bug. Um, it's going to be really tough. But one team on this list that has that has surprised me, I mean, is the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I mean, the Phoenix Suns are, are a team that are extremely well coached. Uh, there's even some chatter about Chris Paul being in the MVP rankings yeah. um, because of his leadership and his impact on the team. I mean – the Suns are 20 and five since late January. And they're, you know, that, I mean, they started the season eight, uh, I believe it was eight and eight since then 20 and five. So, I mean, I think, I really think that the Phoenix Suns are, are a team that can make a lot of noise this year. That, that presence from Chris Paul really made a huge impact with this Phoenix Suns team, yeah. especially being back with his old head coach, uh, Monty Williams. So uh, the Suns are a team that has been really impressive to me. Uh, what's a team you think on here, uh, at least in this top 10 or maybe even outside the top 10 uh, that kind of should be in there. Well, uh, or at least if they're in the top 10 should be higher than where they are. Um, uh, I kind of like, I feel like maybe the nuggets, the nuggets, I feel like have kind of been on a, uh, kind of been on like a little, a uh, little hot streak recently. Um, but also I think the Spurs who jumped three spots from last week, they could be in the top 10. And the Warriors are playing well. They're playing well right now. I think the Warriors are kind of, kind of clicking a little bit. Um, but I mean, I think the guys that I think the teams that are up there right now kind of, kind of make sense. They kind of all deserve to be there. Um, it's kind. Of, this is kind of the slow part in the season, kind of where, uh, you know, I mean, once the trade deadline hits, you know, there's still there's still about thirty games that are left to be played before the season's over. So, still, this is kind of like the long haul. Um, and I bet a lot of guys are feeling that way. So. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, because there's still a lot of – there's still – like season's far from over. A lot of different things can happen. Like we saw LeBron and AD who are both – they're both injured now. So people are kind of expecting the Lakers to fall down and slip slip a lot. So yeah, what Lakers do you think? have lost their last two games. Yeah, yeah, what do you think? Do you think the Lakers fall for a bit? Or? Oh, yeah. I think they, they don't have – without AD and LeBron, who, who, who yeah. do they have? Like Caruso? Yeah. The problem is uh, the Lakers are currently right now in the uh, – they have the third seed in the Western Conference, 
but they are only about a game, two and a half games up from being in sixth place. Yeah. Um, Look at how cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, close. the Clippers are a game behind them. Denver's two and a half, and Portland's two and a half. Um, so, I mean, a couple more losses, and we can see the Lakers drop dramatically. Um, the, the, the the Lakers could be in the eighth eighth seed playing yeah. Utah in the in the playoffs. And, and you know, and that's gonna be that would be a, I mean, that would completely reshape the the landscape of the playoffs. That'd be something. Um, seeing a matchup like that, but I mean, this is something where because of I mean, LeBron. If you guys didn't see yesterday, he's walking in a boot. Yeah. Um, so it looks like he's gonna be out for at least a few weeks. Um, and AD still has to be reevaluated again. Uh, I believe that's going to happen in a week or two. Um, and, and the Lakers are going to, they're going to struggle for a bit. Um, yeah. Lakers fans are not going to be very happy for a little while. Um, and it's going to be tough because I think that by the time the Lakers kind of get their guys back healthy again, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be pretty late in the season. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be kind of tough to expect them to kind of be ready to go 110% in the playoffs right away. So yeah. um, the Lakers repeating as champions is something that worries me this year. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too confident right now yeah. just because of the injuries right now that have hit them. So um, first and foremost, I mean, if, if it comes down to picking between a championship and the health of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you have to kind of, you have to preserve those guys. You have to, you have to kind of, kind of, you know, just roll with it for a little while. Yeah. Um, you want long longevity in those guys' careers. So, right. um, but you did talk about the trade deadline. That is something that we do need to talk about. That's going to be on Thursday. And um, one guy who has been on the trading block a lot is uh, Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. So, where do you think he goes? Um, there's rumors of him going to New Orleans. I mean, leaving New Orleans to go to, uh, the Clippers They're they're pursuing him. There was also some chatter a few weeks ago, Michael Thompson, Clay Thompson's dad saying, uh, he wished Lonzo ball was, uh, the point guard of the warriors to dish to clay and Steph. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think Lonzo goes? Do, or do you think well, he I've stays? also heard about the bulls? Uh, yeah. most recently I've heard about him, the bulls trying to, uh, work something out with him. You know, they said that. I guess Sadoransky was in some of those trade talks. Uh, but, I mean, I don't really think anybody – I don't think if, – if if somebody really wanted Lonzo, then Lonzo would have, would have already been dealt. You know what I mean? I don't think the Pelicans are afraid to trade him. Um, you know, they hear – I bet LeVar makes it – like he makes it here a lot that Lonzo hates – But, you know, in, what in I think Lowe's. what I think it is is that there are teams that are afraid to accept Lonzo. Yeah. Because you got to remember he is an expiring free uh, – this is the last year of his deal – yeah. Um, he is going to be a restricted free agent. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, teams are going to be able to match an offer, but problem is um, if he's somewhere where he doesn't really want to be, he could leave and sign a, a big deal somewhere else and kind of yeah. uh, put teams in a position where they just traded assets away, um, you know, for a rental for the last 30 games of the season, um, which worries me. And and I think which is worrying some other teams. So um, where do you think he actually ends up? Um, if he were to, if he was to get traded, I could see him going to LA. I could, I could see him going, winding up with the, uh, with the Clippers in Los Angeles. Um, I think that's more likely than, uh, than him going to Chicago. I think the guys that Clippers, that the Clippers can trade are more talented than the guys that the Bulls, Bulls could trade. Have you Um, heard any noise on who 
the Clippers would possibly be including? I have I have I haven't heard too many rumors. You mentioned that you mentioned that you that it was talked about that he could end up with the Clippers, and I think that if he were to go somewhere, yeah. If, I mean, if that was like a real rumor, then yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the Clippers need a point guard. I mean, yeah, Reggie Jackson's not going to cut it, yeah. and, and neither is Patrick Beverly. Uh, having a guy like Lonzo who can run the offense, um, and who can play defense and shoot the three ball much better than he has earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that's going to be something that can really help the Clippers if they end up landing him. Um, I think that, like you said, probably is the most likely landing spot for yeah. him. Um, now, since we're on the topic of Lonzo, we have to talk about LaMelo. Uh, if you haven't heard already, uh, he's going to be missing the remainder of the season with a fractured wrist. Mm-hmm. Um which is also going to hurt his uh, chances of winning the Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think now you can probably look at a guy like Anthony Edwards, yeah. who's been doing big things for the Timberwolves, um, kind of keeping him alive, you know, and a, t- a team that's played relatively poorly all season long. Uh, Anthony Edwards, you know, has kind of come into his own, especially with D'Angelo Russell being yeah. out. Um, so what are your thoughts on LaMelo? And before you even mention that, um, I heard it today, and it kind of made me think about it. Do you think Lonzo is playing better this year because all the all the eyes have been on Lamelo, and now it feels like he really has to kind of produce? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could definitely say that uh, because the comparisons come out right away. Like as soon as Lamelo was in the NBA, um, you know, like he was getting compared to Lonzo was getting compared to Lamelo. Melo was getting compared to Lonzo, you know what I mean? Just like the stats and just like the position in the team, like Lonzo started as a starter and Lamelo started on the bench. Uh, but Lamelo's putting up a, like much, much better numbers than Lonzo's putting up. But I also think Lamelo also ha- he also has like a super young and exciting team. Like Charlotte, you watch the Charlotte Hornets game, you hear their announcers and you see like oh, the of course. That- but you also have to remember at when Lonzo came into the league, I mean, who his teammates were. I mean, he did have Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a guy like Brandon Ingram. He, I mean, he had Josh Hart. I mean, he had people around him. Um, yeah. Even with that first year with LeBron. Uh, I mean, it was him, LeBron, Ingram. I mean, they had guys around him. It's just, I feel like at Kuzma, um, I just feel like Lonzo, I think now there's so much more pressure on him. Yeah. You know, I think now all the eyes being on LaMelo kind of, I mean, it, it adds pressure, but it kind of takes some pressure off as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I feel like with all the eyes on LaMelo, he can kind of be a bit more comfortable. But at yeah. the same time, it yeah. kind of, you know, gives him a bit higher expectations because now they're looking at his younger brother and saying, well, this is what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it at a younger age, uh, you know, better than you right now. Yeah. So I think, I think Lonzo's starting to come into his own. Um, but I do think he's going to get dealt. I don't know where at this point. Don't, you know, I don't even know if he will. Um, I think he will, but you know, in the NBA right now, I think New Orleans still is kind of unsure whether they're going to be able to make a push in that, uh, in the playoffs or not. Mm -hmm. So I think they could be holding out for that as well. So it's going to be tough. Um, but now that we are more than halfway through the season, um, who do you have? We are famous for the very early predictions. I know we've been talking about the Nets for a while. Um, who do you have making the most noise 
if you had to pick one team, who do you have making the most noise for the rest of the, the season? And then following that, who makes the finals? Um, out of the East, uh, well, I mean, I think I think Brooklyn. I think the most noise will be around Brooklyn for the rest of the season, um, just because they're going to be on TV all the time, and they got you know they got those three superstars that are going to pretty much dominate social media and stuff. So probably the Nets. You'll definitely hear more about the Nets um, for the rest of the year. But I, was, I mean, I also see them. I also see them ending in the finals and ultimately winning the finals. I uh, Before Harden went to the Nets, the NBA was totally up for grabs. I think it could have went to anybody. Um, but now, I mean, the Lakers just aren't. They just aren't what the Nets are. And I I don't know. I think that makes the – it'll make the end of the season, like, a little less exciting, um, especially the regular season, you know, like everybody's going to watch in the playoffs and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I just it's, – it's just super easy to say the – say that uh, the Nets are going to win it all. Yeah. I think... Uh, they'll probably end up playing the Lakers. Yeah. I And I honestly don't think... I don't think the Lakers will end up with a number one, two, or even three seed mm-hmm. um, because of the injuries. They're going to probably have to come back a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, and I, I think this is the year that we might see the uh, Clippers and Lakers Western yeah. Conference Finals. Yeah. And that's something I'm really excited to see. I really want to see that battle for LA... Uh, we were promised it last year, but never got to see that um, because of the clip. I mean, because of the Nuggets uh, kind of handing the Clippers that uh, that True. loss in Game Seven. But True. I think this could be the year. Um, like I said, like we both have said this this whole entire episode, it's uh, it's the Nets world, and we're kind of just living in it right yeah. now. You know, yeah. um, it's going to be fun. But uh, make sure you guys stay tuned. We are going to be having another episode coming out really, really soon. Uh, talking more about the nba uh ncaa we're gonna probably start combining them too uh love getting to talk as much basketball as possible with you guys um so thanks thank you guys for listening we appreciate you and uh make sure you guys catch the next one uh we're definitely going to be talking about some mlb and some nfl offseason news uh we'll catch you on the next one guys all right peace